Yesterday we um, we had the service for Steve Owens here, and it was uh, an incredible service. Uh, Steve passed away a couple weeks ago. Incredible service, and I was um, thank you, Les. I was telling um, Leslie when I got home because she had to take Meredith to the airport, so she wasn't able to attend. Um, just how proud I was. Ah, look, I was so proud. So proud of our team. And uh, the band, like several of the guys that are on stage today, they were here for they were here for like four or five hours on Saturday. Just practicing, getting ready for the funeral. Anyway, and then I started to think about just I, I'm I'm gonna spend a moment telling you something, so I just just how proud I am of the church. I started to think about just this past week that Friday night we had a women's ice cream social where two ladies gave their testimony. And one of the ladies brought her one. She brought her one and she was so excited she, she texted me. She said, my one's coming. The one that I put her name on there that I want to see accept Christ come here. She was at that event. She got to hear it too. Like I'm super proud of this. And then we've got some men that are fixing up uh, a family's home. And some men in the church are fixing up a family's home because the dad has health issues and the home's been just, it just needs, they need help. And then some guys that are part of our, that were part of our Better Man small group from this past semester, they've been doing that. And then some other guys have been generous in helping out a family of someone who passed away. And then I was at CR and heard a testimony this past uh, Thursday of just a woman sharing her story. And all this to say that, man, this week has been an incredible week. It's been an incredible week just to uh, see the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, to see things happening. And I'm going to lead into that and say that I'm super excited about our 10-year anniversary. Now, I wanted you to hear it from me. I know Cameron uh, made the announcement. I know Nassau. Look, I want you to be here. I want you to be here on that day. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at the past. We're going to look at the future. We're going to have some fun, fun celebrating. But I want you to bring somebody. I want them, I feel like when, if we can get people here, if we can get them here, they can experience Christ. Not that they can't experience it somewhere else. And, 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 and they'll be part of, the, part of the family of God. And they'll be part of Eastridge. And so anyway, I throw that out there. It's a long tangent. Thanks for letting me share. And um, I know you didn't have any choice, but anyway, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> you could have walked out. but So I'm going to transition here to weird transition. How many are cat lovers? Cat lovers, like, you love cats. All right, here's my email address, because I'm getting ready to tell a story. You're going to probably want to email me your complaint. Gary at Eastridge.Church. Gary at Eastridge.Church. There's a story of this, uh, this boy that he went to the store, and he said, I want some detergent, and he said, I want some Tide. And uh, the woman said, well, what, are you washing clothes? He said, no, I'm going to wash my cat. So I'm going to wash my cat. She said, you don't want to use Tide on your cat. That, that wouldn't be good. He said, no, he's really dirty. I'm going to get Tide. Uh, you know, I've seen the commercials. Tide really works, makes him clean. Well, anyway, uh, she didn't see the boy. He bought some Tide. She didn't see him for, for weeks. And, and it finally came back in the store. And she said, how's your cat? And he said, oh, he died. <laughs> and she said, I told you that Tide wasn't good for me. He said, oh, it wasn't the Tide. He said, it was a spin cycle. <laughs> <laughs> And so I tell that story. If you're a cat lover, you can just go ahead and email me. You don't have to like it anyway. But sometimes, sometimes it feels like your world is spinning. 
It feels like it's spinning, and, and, and it feels like that there's, there's just things going on that you can't control, and your world is spinning. And we're in this series this uh, summer in the Psalms where everybody gets to choose a psalm. And so I'm going to share a psalm with you about how to have peace in the midst of when your world is spinning. And so many times our world is spinning. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe it has nothing to do with us. Maybe it's circumstances. Maybe it's our health. Maybe, maybe we've lost a job or maybe things aren't going away. Or maybe it's somebody else. Something's happened with somebody else. And man, it is just simply spinning. And we're wondering to ourselves, how can I have peace in this moment? How can I have peace in this situation? And in Psalms 37... David writes, and he gives us background. Uh, the background of the psalm is that he sees bad things happening in the world. He sees bad people and their uh, actions in the world. And he writes this psalm, and it's a beautiful psalm. As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Scott has been preaching through this entire psalm uh, for the last several weeks, but I'm only going to give you uh, the first uh, six or seven verses. But how do you have peace when your world is spinning. How do you do that? Well, I've got three things here, and at each point, um, I'm going to tie in the psalm to something that Jesus did or Jesus said. The first is this. How do you have peace when when the world is spinning? Don't be in a hurry to worry. Don't be in a hurry to worry. Man, we love to worry, don't we? We love to worry. We love to worry, especially... When our world is spinning, we love to worry. It makes us feel like we're doing something. We worry. It makes us feel like we're in control. When I started to think about all the things we worry about, we worry about money, we worry about kids, we worry about our job, we worry about our car, we worry about our houses. We worry about what we have, we worry about what we don't have, we worry about what we do, we worry about our past, we worry about our future, we worry about the weather, we worry about vacations, we worry about the weather on vacation. <laughs> we worry about sickness. We worry about being late. worry about not getting enough sleep. We worry, we worry about eating too much. We worry about not eating enough. We just simply are chronic warriors. And you start throwing in the fact that your world is spinning, and man, you will be consumed with worry. Do you just simply be consumed with worry? Well, I read the sur- survey about worry I thought was really interesting, and uh, I've used it before, but I've read the sur- survey that... It says that uh, they did this survey of people who worry. Now, this just how many of you are warriors? Well, it's just it's okay. It's a, it's it's a friendly place. We got cat lovers and warriors in the same room. Okay, so some people are more wired to worry. But the truth is, we all worry at times. We do. We all worry at times. And the survey about uh, about warriors just talked about the the futility of worry. of the things we worry about never happen. 40%. 30% of the things we worry about are things in the past. And we worry about something in the past. It could be years ago. Or it could be moments ago. We worry about when we can't fix it. We can't change it. So that's 70%. 12% of the things we worry about is other people. We can't control. So that brings us to 82%. Are you you following the pattern here? 10% of the things we worry about 
is getting sick even when we're healthy. We start thinking about it. So that brings us to 92% of the things we worry about are not even active in our life. Which leads us 8%. I know some of you go, well, it's 8%. I mean, that kind of makes me nervous. I thought it would be less. <laughs> and I want to share with you, don't be in a hurry to worry. So many times in my life, I've chosen worry. As a matter of fact, I married a woman who doesn't worry. Now, you want to talk about, sometimes I'll try to get Leslie to worry with me. You ever do that? Come worry, worry about this with me. And she's just like, no, yeah, it'll be all right, yeah, whatever. I've told you, like, she's just the way she's wired. She's, she doesn't worry. She doesn't, she doesn't talk about stuff. And it's like, I think about all these things, all these scenarios and everything like that. And she's not wired that way, which is great. And some days, some days it makes me mad. I want her to worry with me. I want to share something with you. Worry's not doing you any good. Man, when your world's spinning, you're going to want to try to figure everything out. You're going to worry about it and all this stuff, and you get consumed. And I'm going to share with you the words from the psalm, and then I want to share with you the words from Jesus. Here's the words from the psalm. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Again, David writes this psalm about seeing people who do things wrong and when bad things are happening. For like grass, they soon will fade away. Like spring, the flowers will soon wither. He says, don't worry. He says it not just here, but several times throughout the psalm. He says, don't worry, don't fret. And then I think about the words of Jesus. In Matthew 6, and this is certainly a very familiar chapter, where Jesus says these words to us, but I'm going to focus on the last part, but I want to read the first part. Jesus is talking, he says, that is why I tell you, now think about if you're hearing this for the first time. Jesus says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And we preached on this a few weeks ago, a few, or maybe a couple of months ago. He said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Now here's the two questions. Two questions, hear me. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? And then Jesus asked this question. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Now I started to think about, does anybody know how many, um, how many minutes are in a day? Anybody know by chance? I'm disappointed, but it's okay. 1,440 minutes in a day. You multiply that times 365, you get 525,600 minutes in a year. I'm going to say it again. You get 500,000, 525,600 minutes in a year. 
You multiply that by 57, which is my age, and you get 29,959,220 minutes. Jesus says that by worrying, hear me on this, that you can't even add one minute to your life. It's futile. It's a waste of time. Well, if you're like me, you're like, well, if I can't worry, then what do I do when my world is spinning? When my world is spinning, Gary, you're telling me not to worry, so what, what do I need to do? Go higher with your desires. Go higher with your desires. That uh, so many times in our, in our lives that uh, when, when our world starts spinning, or, or even when it's not spinning, man, we've, we've got desires, we've got things that we want, we, we, we want to see things happen, and and and. and our problem's not that we shoot too high. Our problem's that we shoot too low. We shoot too low, and so when we get times when we want to worry, we want to control something, we, we want to do this, we want to see this outcome and everything like that, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, what if you did something totally different? Instead of worrying about that you've got the solution, that you've got the answers, what if you went higher with your desires? It, maybe this situation's not working out the way you think. Maybe your world really is spinning. Maybe there's something traumatic going on in your life, and I know it's easy for me to say, but maybe it's going on. But what if you went higher with your desires? Instead of just thinking, I'm going to do it, I've got the plan. I, I, I told you all last week that, that one of the things that God has been telling me is I don't know it all. And I know you guys already knew that, but it's a, been a great reminder that he's God and I'm not. And so I want to talk to you about that. You know when airplanes take off, you know the first thing airplanes do when they take off commercial airlines? You know what the first thing they do? They go to cruising altitude. The first thing they do when they take off, they, you ever been there? It goes, you're there, and it's, they're going almost straight up. They're going up as fast as they can. They want to get as high as they can, 31 to 38,000 feet. They want to get as high as they can because the plane is more efficient when it's up there. It's more efficient. They can go faster. They use less fuel, everything like that. And this is what I'm telling you when I talk about take your desires higher, that David writes, he says, don't worry. And then he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord. That word delight is an interesting word. It, it means the word that, uh, that you should take pleasure in the Lord. That your ultimate desire ought to be that you take pleasure in the Lord. That he is what you want most of all above whatever's going on even when your world is spinning. That there's got to be something there that we want the Lord more. We want the Lord first. Because the problem is, is when he's not there, when he's not first, when he's not our ultimate desire, when he's not what we want, then we're just never satisfied. My, one of my favorite Christmas commercials is the commercial where this family gets a new car. This guy's bought his wife a new car, whoever that, I can't remember, maybe it's his sister or brother, who knows. But they've got a new car and they're in the front yard. I don't know if you remember this commercial. It comes out every Christmas. They get a new car. And they're in the front yard, and they're jumping up and down. They've got a new car, which is great. You get a new car, jump up and down. Praise God. But as they're jumping up and down, somebody rides by with a new car that's nicer than theirs, and they go. <laughs> and that's what happens to us when 
we have any desire above our desire to, to delight ourselves in God. Any desire that above that God is going to be what I want. Even in the midst of when my world is spinning, that I've got to have this thing that I want God, that my desire is going to be higher. I want you, and I'm going to trust you everything else. And look at this. If we go back to the scripture, listen to this. He says, take the light in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. He doesn't say, go after your desires, and I'll fulfill them. He says, you know, you put your pleasure in me. Your delight in me, and I'm going to take care of you. And that's what David's writing. That in the midst of when your world is spinning, when bad things are happening, when things don't make sense, that, when? You place God first. When he's first in your life, when he's first in your heart, when you take pleasure in who he is and what he does, when you trust his ways and his promises, That he's got a plan way beyond what you believe. He's got a plan that's better. When I was in Atlanta Christian College, I thought I was going to go into the ministry. And it got to be the end of my junior year. I just completed an internship. I was thinking about this, and, and I got really serious. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I know it sounds crazy to get to that point, but if you've ever been in college, there's a point in there where you're like, eh, am I really going to? I thought, no, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I, I had one year left, and, and, uh, and I'm telling you, getting there, and I'd had some relationships that uh, were not what I thought were what I needed uh, to, if I was going to be in the ministry. And so I made this decision that I wasn't going to date anybody for a while. I know you're going, Gary, that was probably easy. You probably didn't have any dates, but I did. I did. <laughs> And so that was the summer of my junior year, going into my senior year, made a decision. I said, Lord, I'm not going to date anybody until I find the right one. I'm not going to date anybody until I find the one. Do you tell me? I had opportunities to go on dates. I didn't date anybody. Listen to this. That was August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Never went on a date. Not at all. You think I was lonely? Yeah, I was lonely. Did I want to go out? Yes. I'd made this commitment to the Lord. I was going to trust the Lord with this area of my life. I had seen Leslie. I had met Leslie. And I determined that she was the one before we ever went out. Because I felt like that's who God wanted me to have. That sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. And you can call. Here's the thing that when you delight yourself in the Lord, people are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think what you do is crazy. But let me just share something with you. That shouldn't scare you because it is crazy Amen. that there's this God out there that has this plan better than what we have. And so I waited. We, I asked her out, and I never went out with anybody again. Now, I know every story doesn't work out like that. Every story doesn't work out to where we get the girl, or we get the job, or we get the money, or we get the promotion, or, or the, the, the cancer's healed. I, I, I get that, because we just did a funeral for someone where the, the cancer wasn't healed on this side of life. But let me share something with you. You delight yourself in the Lord, and guess what happens? He will give you desires of your heart. Amen. He will. He will. He'll work. He'll do. So don't be in a hurry to worry. Set your desires higher, and this leads me to the last one. But before we do, I'm going to read what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So don't worry about these things, saying what we drink, what we wear. These things dominate the lives of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father knows your needs. And then He says this, Seek first the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. You're just going to trust the Lord, which leads me to the last one. Is wait on the one who is never late. Now, here's the truth about us. We hate waiting, don't we? We hate it. Does anybody not hate it? We hate waiting. We think of ways not to wait, don't we? You're at Walmart and the lines, you're checking out which line's faster. You ever do that? I always feel like when the, the traffic's bottling up, I always pick the wrong lane. You ever feel that way? They're getting ahead of me. They're beating me. That car was right there. Beside. Now, they're way ahead. So I get in that lane and then it slows down. You ever do that? We hate waiting. And when we get to the place about waiting, we get irritated because things aren't happening the way we want them to. You ever rented a car? To me, is there anything slower than renting a car? I'm like, how hard is it? Okay, here's my... Or you go to the doctor's office. What do they call it at the doctor's office? What's it called? Waiting. The waiting room. Oh, that makes you mad, doesn't it? I had to spend time in the waiting room. I've often wondered if that's what hell will be. <laughs> Just eternally waiting. You know how like when you're at Six Flags and it says you're an hour from here, the ride or the Disney World, you're an hour at this point or an hour. In hell it just says, you're here forever. <laughs> It just keeps going. That's what hell's going to be. Just, we're just waiting. We're in line waiting the rest of our lives. I hope it's not that. But what happens is, is when our world starts spinning, our minds are consumed with worry. And the Lord's not our desire. We'll start to take shortcuts. We'll want the fast pass. I, I'm not going to wait. I got the fast pass. Boom, I'm in front. Sorry, suckers. <laughs> and this is what happens to us. We'll take shortcuts. We'll take matters in our own hands. We'll start to say that I, my way's better. We'll strategize. And if God's saying no, then we'll say to ourselves, well, I'll make a way. And if God says wait, we'll say, I'll rush your decision. And if God says don't, we'll say, he'll understand. See, God does his best work not in a microwave, but in a crockpot. And if you were to think that if you were to ask some friends to come over that you would not cook chicken in the microwave, I don't think you would. I prepared this for you. It took two minutes. It's really good, though. That God does His best work in a crock pot, that it's just a slow cooking. I know we want it to be faster, and the world's spinning. We need answers quick. And I'm not, listen, I'm telling you that God is always on time. It just feels like a lot of times He's late. It feels like to us that we, we don't want to wait. I need you. I need you to hurry. I need you to act. I need you to move. Especially when our world's spinning. 
I want to look at these words right here. He says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. He said, man, God's going to work in your life. And then he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. I have no idea what's going on in your world. But I know if I read Scripture from Genesis all the way to the end, it talks of a God who cares about what's going on in your world. That He's working in your life. That He has a plan. That He wants to work things together. But here's the truth. You and I have to wait. We have to wait on Him. We have to be obedient. To humble ourselves. To realize that there's way more going on there than just my stuff, my thing. And then He goes, don't worry about evil people who prosper and fret about their wicked schemes. And he brings it back around saying he knows there's bad things going on, but man, you and I are to wait. And I was thinking as just a great story here. This has kind of been the theme for me lately that even last week that we serve a God that he's never late. Even when he seems like he is, he's always doing more. Jesus had a friend, his name was Lazarus, and he was sick. And Jesus knew he was sick, and Jesus healed people all the time, but Jesus didn't go heal Lazarus. He let him die. And then finally Jesus shows up on the scene, and he's met by his sisters, Mary and Martha. And they're upset because Jesus, they know Jesus could have healed him. They know he didn't come. He didn't come. They let him die. And in John eleven thirty three 33, it says, When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him because Jesus hates death. He hates it. And he was deeply troubled. And then he asked this question, Where have you put him? They told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept as he stood outside the tomb. The people standing nearby said, See how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? They see, they're already starting to question, already starting to think, man, God's not working. He's not moving in my life. My world's spinning, but he's not fixing it the way I want him to. And then Jesus was still angry. A cave with a stone rolled across its front of the entrance. And Jesus says, roll the stone aside. And I love this part of Scripture. Martha says, no. He's been dead four days and the smell will be terrible. The King James says, he stinketh. And then Jesus says this, and I want you to hear this. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Same thing David just wrote. You hang in there with God, he's going he's to show out. So they rolled the stone aside. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said this out loud for the sake of people standing here so that they would believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a headcloth. And Jesus said, unwrap him. 
How do you have peace? With whatever is going on in your world when your world is spinning. Don't be in a hurry to worry. You take your desires higher. You put make the Lord your. And then you wait on the one who's never late. And people are going to tell you he's late, and you're going to feel like he's late, and you're going to think, I need to do this and do that. And I'm not saying don't do anything. You just don't sit in a corner all day. I'm just simply saying, you wait on the Lord, and you act when he tells you to move. And you will be amazed of how he has this great ability to stop a world that is spinning. So this is how I want to close today. I want to close with this time of giving you a chance. Maybe your world is spinning today. Maybe you need prayer. We'll open up the front for a chance for you to pray. Cameron and Holly are going to come up and ask them to go ahead and come on up. And, and they're going to share a song and ask you to stand in just a moment. But I want to, I want to, I want to pray for you. I have no idea what's going on in anybody's world, whatever's going on. But I want to pray for you to trust the Lord and ask you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you're the one thing we can count on. And Lord, I know there's so many times that we wonder what you're doing. We do. We wonder, what are you doing here? Why is this happening? Why aren't you doing something more? Why aren't you doing something at all? And then we hear this subtle voice in our spirit says, just wait. Just trust me. Just watch. I'm working a plan for your good. I love you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would trust you. I pray the moments of our lives we want to take shortcuts. When we don't like your plan, that we won't. That we'll trust that you are working for our good. And you have our best in mind. So, Lord, work in our lives. 